For the majority of my life, I have been passionate and dedicated about changing lives and growing businesses through synthesizing from the very best their strategies, their tactics, their mindset techniques to help you and your business grow. Join me as we take it to the next level. Welcome to The Tom Ferry Show. Welcome to The Tom Ferry Show. My name is Jason Pantana, and we're doing a two-part series on how to optimize every single post on social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it. Last week, we did the first half. This week, we're doing the new half, the next half, whatever you want to say, of how to do that. What are the tweaks? What are the hacks? What are the trends and things I need to know to be effective with social media marketing? So again, if you did not watch last week's episode, start there, come on back. You're probably wondering, if you didn't watch last week, like, who is this guy? My name is Jason Pantana. I'm a business coach national speaker and host of Marketing Edge with Tom Ferry. And I'm gonna walk you through right now the remaining steps, the tweaks to make sure you're optimizing every single post on social. I'm gonna talk about YouTube for a little bit. YouTube, I've said it like 10 times, is a search platform, which means it's keyword based. What's a keyword? Keyword is, and you've probably done this, I go to youtube.com, there's a big old search bar, and I type in the thing I wanna go find. The words I use are dubbed keywords. They're keywords because that is how YouTube will decide what videos match this person's search query based upon the words they typed. Keywords. Now, how does YouTube glean keywords from your videos? They have a lot of ways of doing it. One way is they transcribe every single video. Like, remember I said they have the free subtitles? They're transcribing every video of yours no matter what. So what you say, it matters. They're hearing every word you're saying. But one of the main places they go looking for what is this person in this video on YouTube talking about it is the title that you use for the video. Here's the mistake a lot of folks make on their videos. They do like a weekly video show and the title reads something like episode number 142 dash this dash Jason Pantana dash show title dash actual title. And they save what the content is actually about which was the real working title until the very end. They should reverse the order. That should be the first things first. I'll give you another example, like you need to be as keyword specific as possible. If you're talking about Airbnbs, Airbnb better be like one of the first one or two words because YouTube, Google owns YouTube, YouTube reads from left to right, meaning the first word gains priority and every word thereafter has less effect in terms of that SEO. So your keywords matter, what's the title? Questions are great, all that stuff's great, but make it dumb and easy for me to know what your video's about. Let's go back to thumbnails. Your thumbnail, and you'll notice this on the Tom Ferry channel, the title and the thumbnail don't match. Typically, the thumbnail has some juicy, enticing, make me wanna click kind of title on it, but the actual title, the black text over the white background on YouTube is clear. It tells me exactly what the video is about. Why, who's that for? It's really for YouTube, so that YouTube can serve it up to people who are searching online. Next up, let's talk about character count. Uh, let's go back to that BuzzSumo study from the 777 million Facebook post. This one's really short and easy. They found that 50 characters or fewer tends to be the winning ticket. Less is more, it tends to be more transparent, less forced, less hard-coded, more open to conversation. And end of day, Facebook's a social network. They want a conversation to happen. So if you use fewer characters, it tends to lead to more of a conversation in the comments because comments is the secret sauce of Facebook. All right, next up, let's talk about uh, timing. When do I post my content? On Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, et cetera. I've got some really good news for you. 
all of those platforms pay attention to when your followers or subscribers are active, and they can actually tee you up on when to post. Now, let's slide YouTube off to the side, because YouTube is more of a search network. Are there social components? Do I need to post consistently? I really do, especially because people do turn on notifications. I'm gonna take a quick little uh, diversion here. They do. One of the things you should be doing on your, on your YouTube channel is, hey, click the little bell and turn on notifications so that when I post something, you get like an email alert. In fact, I have the notifications on for the Tom Ferry Show. Whenever Tom makes any kind of an upload to YouTube, I wake up and there's a notification on my smartphone and an email in my inbox notifying me. So you should be encouraging people on YouTube to turn on notifications, that's a bonus. But beyond that, when you post, they're gonna to go to YouTube when they're gonna to go to YouTube because they're searching something out. So slide it aside. Let's talk about Facebook, let's talk about Instagram. When you post matters, why? Well, because your post pretty much gets a 24-hour shelf life and then it's on to the next thing, the newest fad, the newest post. Uh, both Instagram and Facebook have similar algorithms Instagram is owned by Facebook, but the algorithms are not identical. They're very close, but both of them look at, hey, I wanna show people content that was recently posted. Because from a social network standpoint, the more recent the post, the more relevant the post. So you get 24 hours, which means if I post in the middle of the night on a Sunday or whatever it is, chances are my first hours of life are gonna be missed by my following. What matters is, as soon as you post, what Instagram, what Facebook want, is they want gasoline on fire. They wanna see that, oh wow, this post is a hit. People are commenting, people are liking, people are sharing, people are bookmarking. Those are indicators that Facebook and Instagram should show that post to more people. Your best performing posts, I'll put money on it. Your best performing posts historically have been the ones that very quickly garnered comments, likes, reactions, shares, and the works because it's a social network. So that means I need to time out when I post. How do I do that? On Instagram, if you have a business profile or a creator profile, you click the menu options and they have a big old button called insights. And if you look through the insights, it literally tells you when your followers are the most active. Like I know my followers on Tuesdays and Thursdays around lunch, that's my money time to post. I've posted on Fridays before. I actually, like Fridays are not my sweet spot. Now I should post on Fridays, but I should earmark my hottest days for my hottest content. You catch my drift? Don't send your best stuff out to the worst days. You need to time it, because why? You're putting a whole lot of effort into social media marketing. You're creating content because you know it works, but you've got to leverage the opportunities, the tweaks, the adjustments, and hacks to make sure that it's giving you maximum mileage for every single post. All right. Uh, Facebook matters there too. Facebook page gives you analytics and insights to tell you when people are active. It's pretty much the same thing as on Instagram, just time to post. Now, let's get a little technical for, no, let's actually get untechnical for a second. Jason, I'm so busy. When am I supposed to do all this stuff? Can I use a scheduling software like Hootsuite or Later or Buffer or Planoly or Sprout Social? Sure, you can. Now, are there lots of debates out there on does that affect algorithmically my reach? There are lots of debates out there on that very topic. Do we care? Is there anything quantitative that really proves it hurts your reach? Not really. So my thought to you is, hey look, I've got this piece of content. I can't remember to post it on Instagram at 8 a.m. and then wait till 9.43 a.m. on Facebook. I don't care, fine. Use Hootsuite, use the scheduling software, that's fine. End of day, if I had to pick between I post consistently 
or I post at the exact second that is the most optimal for each platform, I choose consistency because repetition wins every single time. All right, next one up is stickers and interactive components. Let's talk about stories for a little bit. Uh, one, stories have surpassed posts on Instagram in terms of viewership and more reach. If you're not doing stories, you're missing out. What's more, stories are like priming the pump. If you don't post on Instagram every day, but you do stories through those gaps, you are, from Instagram's vantage point, in a way, making sure you stay relevant. Because if you take your foot off the gas for too long on Instagram and you don't post, and like right now, what Tom's talking about, and he's spot on, is doubling down your content. But let's say you don't. You still absolutely need to be posting stories because they keep things, they keep the fire going. It like puts more kindling wood on the fire to keep it going. If you stall out on social media for too long, you actually lose relevance. All those people who had been engaging with your post, well, they stop engaging with your post because they're forced to. You haven't posted anything. And so when you do your next post, Instagram's algorithm, Facebook's algorithm, no longer knows who to show it to because you stopped posting stuff. But if you keep doing stories, you keep the fire burning. You catch my drift? So stories, what's more, I love interactive stories. On Instagram, and I'm gonna talk specifically or mostly about Instagram right now because their stories have done historically better than Facebook's, they offer interactive polls. They offer ask me anything. They can let you do quizzes. They can let you do chats. You can DM. There's all these, they're called story stickers. Go on Instagram, check them out. You can add them to your stories and you can spark a conversation. Now, Tom, in another Tom Ferry show, is diving deep into story polls. Listen to every word he says. It's an unbelievable trigger to getting a conversation started. It's a lead gen tool, it's a branding tool, but what I'm here to say to you is stickers, interactive stickers on your Instagram stories are the way to optimize the stories. So I got kind of two points in this one. One, make sure you're doing stories on a regular basis. It keeps the fire burning. Two, when you do stories, leverage the stickers. It's not, this, it's not a post, like the whole point of social media is for interaction. I said a moment ago, the secret sauce is comments. Really, I could expand that and say the secret sauce is I talk and then you talk and then I talk and then you talk and the conversation flows. If my stories, if my posts, if my videos, if my uploads are not creating that level of engagement, that level of interaction, then as far as Facebook is concerned or Instagram is concerned, my content sucks. You gotta get a conversation flowing. Use the tools at your fingertips to do that, like Instagram story stickers. Next. Let's talk about cards and end screens. Now, this one is a little bit technical, sort of. It's not that technical, but it's a little bit technical. And it's specific to YouTube. Have you ever been on YouTube and you watched a video like this one you're going to watch here? And at the end of my video, it's going to kind of minimize me on the screen. And you're going to see a subscribe to our channel or watch this next video or click and go to our YouTube channel. You're going to see another video that it tries to get you to watch. That's called an end screen or a card. Let's get technical. End screens and cards are the same dumb thing. The difference is end screens are cards that are only at the end, whereas cards can be anytime throughout the video. They're just an effort, like, and they give you, like YouTube gives you a few different options. How do I add end screens and cards? Easy. I go into the creator studio of YouTube. I find the videos I posted and I click edit. And when I click edit, there's a big button that says cards and end screens. And when I click that button, it says, which card or end screen do you want to use? And I get like four options. And I pick the one I want, and it says, when do you want this card to flash on screen? At a minute and 38 seconds, or at the end. 
Well, it can't be a card at the end because it has to be an end screen. We already talked about this. Point of it is, it tries to increase more viewership. Now, what's the number one metric on YouTube? We said it, it's watch time. So if I can get you to go to my channel and watch more videos, in the eyes of YouTube, I am more valuable. If I can get you to watch the next video or subscribe to my channels and turn on notifications for whenever I post and thus increase how many videos you watch on YouTube and how often you watch and how long you watch, in the eyes of YouTube, I am more valuable. And therefore, my video gets recommended to more people who maybe don't follow me. Now, who gets, who's it get recommended to? Well, it gets recommended to people who maybe use my location tagging, who search my keywords, the people who are supposed to find my content, find my content. And if I play ball with YouTube in terms of what they want, they play ball with me. It's a win-win situation. So cards, end screens, increases watch time. Yay, two thumbs up. Hey, it's Tom. If you've been listening to me for a while, you've heard me say repeatedly over and over again, we are living in the review economy. That's right. Consumers are making decisions based upon reviews. With that said, I'm looking to get this podcast into the minds of more amazing people just like you. You can help. Would you go to Apple Podcasts and write a review? Tell them what you think. Hey, one star, five stars, make up your own number of stars. Totally fine by me, but please go to Apple Podcast and write a review. It means the world to me. Thanks in advance. Now, let's get back to the show. And the next one on our list is comments and replies. Uh, when somebody comments on your post, and you know this, when somebody comments on your post, it's a mistake when you fail to reply. If they take the time to comment on IGTV, on your Instagram posts, on your stories through a DM, on Facebook, on YouTube, when somebody takes the time and they become vulnerable and they say, or with their thumbs on their phone, and they comment and you don't comment back, it's a smack in the face. It really is. It's like walking into a room and somebody says, oh, hey, Jason, what's up? And then I literally just walk on by like nothing ever happened and completely ignore them. It's the same thing. You need to reply. Now, there's a social etiquette to it, but there's also an algorithmic etiquette to it. When I reply, how does Facebook, Instagram, YouTube interpret that? It's a conversation. They're talking. They're doing the thing that I want them to do, which is to talk. He talked, she talked, he talked, she talked. They're replying. They tag a friend to bring them into the conversation. And all of a sudden, I've got gasoline on fire. And in the eyes, if they have eyes, of Instagram, of Facebook, whatever, their algorithm's eyes, it says, show this post to as many people as possible now. Why? Because the conversation's hot. Hot conversations are high dollar value to Facebook and Instagram. So how do I do that? Simply by being kind. When somebody replies, you reply. Literally, every post of yours, if you got 50 comments, it should be 100 because you made it 100 by replying to every comment. Next one up on the screen is tags. This one is specific only to Facebook and to YouTube. Tags. I am not talking about hashtags. Hashtags are different. Good old tags. Uh, when you do an upload to YouTube for a video, it asks you to give it a few tags. You can do three, five, 15, whatever you want. I have heard some experts say three to five, maybe seven is a good number. Some people do 15 and they still get great results. I don't know that that really matters so much, but here's what does matter. Tags. Tags are meant to be descriptive of your video and of also your channel, like the whole body of work. What is your channel relevant for with tags? So for example, like I've heard Tom Ferry talk about this before on the Tom Ferry channel. 
a tag that he regularly uses is new real estate agent training. Why? Because those people find this show and they watch this show and then that's part of our sales process. It's part of what we do. You have to use the same tags, find tags that are indicative and representative of your channel, of your content, that are gonna be helpful in people finding your videos on YouTube. Now, pro tip. Pro tip about tags is whether you use three, five, 15, I'm not gonna get into that because I don't know of definitive data that says one's better than the other. But here's what I do know. YouTube reads from left to right. Your first tag is your main tag. Your second tag is the secondary tag. Your third tag is the tertiary tag. So make sure that by order of magnitude, you're using your tags in the right order. That's, that's all I'll say about that. Jumping over to Facebook. Facebook has tags too. Uh, you actually don't add them when you upload the video, unless you're uploading from the uh, Creator Studio. And you don't do, you do it after the fact. So you posted the video on Facebook, maybe it was from your phone or whatever, you go back to it after the fact, you click edit video, and by the way, you can add a headline or a title. There's lots of things you can do here. This is where you do your subtitles. This is where you add your cover image slash your thumbnail. But it is also where you're able to put your tags. It's gonna ask you to tag it. Same principle, you just wanna make sure Facebook knows who you're about, what it's for. Now, where is that the most relevant? It's not really relevant, not really, in terms of the newsfeed, but Facebook Watch, a lot more relevant there. So again, it's just a pro tip, make sure you're optimizing your content with the right tags. Not hashtags, we already talked about that, tags. Next on the list, let's talk about the quality, pro-grade versus low-grade content. I'm gonna talk, let's talk about regular old image-based posts and video posts. Uh, if your photo's blurry, if it's ugly, guess who knows it? Uh, Facebook knows it. Facebook, uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna double down on this one. I'm gonna talk about two things in one, actually. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, these platforms, they have optical recognition. I'll say it again, they have optical recognition whereby they can basically see your posts and they can determine what is blurry or fuzzy or grainy or considered low-grade quality content. Low-grade quality content hurts. Here's the double down part, and this is a freebie. They also use what's called sentiment analysis. Sentiment analysis is where like machine learning tools can actually read your text, and they can interpret the tone of what you wrote. Is it happy? Is it sad? Is it talking down to somebody? Is it supporting and encouraging? What's the tone of that? In fact, this is, TMI, but when you're running ads on Facebook, sometimes they might deny your ad because you used the word you too many times. And Facebook interprets the word you as you telling somebody how to live their life and how to be, and they have found that it makes people feel sad. And they want people to feel happy because when they're happy, they use the social network more and it makes more money and it's more valuable to them in that respect. So that one, the whole sentiment analysis is a freebie, but let's get back to the optical quality. It applies to photos and it definitely applies to videos. HD video matters. You're thinking, but what about live? Live is different. Live is expected to be live and it's meant to be captured on a mobile device. We know that. But with your other videos, I want you to know the quality of your video has an impact. If it's fuzzy, grainy, if the audio is really hard to understand, Facebook knows it, Instagram knows it, and believe it or not, it has an impact. Now, the impact is less so on Facebook and Instagram than it is on YouTube. YouTube is definitely paying attention to the quality of content. If it doesn't fit the right dimensions, if it's grainy, if the audio is muffled and it talks and it sounds funny, if it's wrong, they're gonna deem it as low-grade quality and it's gonna actually hold it back because it's not gonna do what they want it to do. And they're looking for the best stuff to be shown out there. I wanna be careful in how I approach this. 
I am not saying that unless you have a whole video studio like this one here that you can't ever post on any of these platforms, by no means. But I am saying that in your video strategy in 2020 and beyond, you need low grade, you need pro grade, you need in between, and don't forget live. But be advised, they're paying attention through optical recognition what you're doing, and it matters. All right, let's move on. Next one is pay to play. Hey, guess what? Facebook likes money, and so does Instagram, and so does YouTube. They're businesses, and so therefore, pay to play is a factor. Tom has talked about this a ton on prior episodes. When you post content, I heard this stat the other day, and it probably needs to be Googled and verified, and it was more speculative in nature. But the stat said, it was from Later Media who posted it, they estimated that roughly 10% of your followers on a given social platform, 10% actually see your posts. So that means if I post on my Facebook page, if I post on Instagram, whatever it is, whatever the platform is, if I do that, I can expect that only 10% of the people are actually seeing my content. What a crime. I'm spending all this time and energy, putting all this effort in my resources into being seen. Why? So I can add value. So my marketing can deliver useful information to people who are in market. But if they don't see it, it's like a tree in the forest. If the tree falls, does it make a sound? Did it really make a sound? No, it really didn't, not in the world of marketing. So absolutely, you gotta be thinking about paying to play. At Marketing Edge, we're gonna talk about two strategies to pay to play. One is your warm audience, the other is your cold audience. What's the difference? Cold audience is, let's pretend it's your geo farm. It's people who don't know who you are and you don't know who they are, but you want them to be exposed to your brand. You're gonna create an ad on Facebook that is designed for those people. It's typically geo-targeted. The same applies on YouTube, right? On YouTube, I don't know if you know this, but if you go to edit your video after the fact, there's a little dot, dot, dot where you can edit it and it's got a button that says promote. You can promote your video on YouTube as well to increase the reach, which helps you get more subscribers, which is a way to grow your channel, a way to grow your following, right? It matters. The other, so that's the cold audience, back to Facebook and Instagram. The warm audience is you go into your ads manager, you create an audience, a custom audience, consisting of your database, your past clients, your sphere of influence, leads. You can literally upload spreadsheets. And you create a list of all the people who know who you are, the ones that you want to see your videos on a routine basis. You create that list and you run an ad. So what did I just say? I said for every video that you want to be seen, bearing in mind that we estimate roughly only 10% of people who are following you actually see your content. Bearing that in mind, you put money behind it. On Facebook, we're recommending two ads. One ad to your cold trap, your cold audience, probably your farm or your market area, and the other one to your warm audience, your database, past clients, sphere of influence. Why? Because we want them to see your content. And on that warm audience, I would include people who already like your page, friends of people who like your page. I want maximum exposure for every single post that you create on social. All right, next, post to story. Post to story, what that means is, we're talking about Instagram and Facebook too, but Instagram. I just shared a new post on my Instagram feed. It's on my profile, it's in the home feed, and when I go find my post on Instagram, I have a couple of options. I could be a narcissist and like my own post. I could put the heart button. I don't know if you do that. Like some people are like, I'm gonna be the first like, and they like their own content. I find that to be peculiar, but moving on. There is another button, it looks like a paper airplane. It's the share button. I want you to click that one every time you post. I typically would wait four hours if, well, you know, do it as soon as you can. As soon as you can get the, the fire started, get it started, right? I want people commenting as quick as possible. So I wanna get that post in front of as many people as possible right away because the better I do, 
the more willing Instagram's gonna be to invest in the reach of my own post. So I click the paper airplane and it says post to story. I post it as a story and then people can click it in my story and navigate to the post and then hopefully they can like, they can comment, they can tag and do those types of things. But absolutely, like post it to the story, we need every eyeball on it. It's critical. All right, one more. This one can be a bonus. Last one, video animation. This one's a little bit kind of a higher level, higher level tool. When you run ads on Facebook, inside the ads manager, they have a tool called video animation, whereby you can take static images and they have templates and you can convert those images into what are called lightweight motion videos. Think of it as like a moving slideshow. They typically are anywhere from like three seconds to nine seconds. They can be squares, they can be four by fives, they can be 16 by nine, ratios can be different but they give you these templates where you can convert a basic boring image post and make it a video called video animation. And what we're seeing now is on a lot of Facebook ads, especially ads that are designed to click the link, go to my website, search for homes, we're seeing people taking those static images and turning them into dynamic, uh, fun, interactive, lightweight motion videos. It's called a video animation tool. You should check it out. Super cool inside the ads manager for Facebook. All right. That was a mouthful. That was a lot of tweaks on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, on your social platform. But you know what? Here's the deal. It matters. Right now, the status quo is changing. The landscape of social media marketing is changing. I know that the stats every single year say your reach went down. And you're like, why am I bothering to do this? Because it is still the most effective channel to position your brand in front of the people you know, the people you don't know, those who can refer you, those who can hire you. It's still the most effective. But here's the challenge you face. There's a steep learning curve. The rules keep changing. You know what? That's the cost of doing business. And you got it. You got to roll your sleeves up. You got to take the opportunities in front of you. But bottom line, here's what I know. I know that if you're taking the time to create the content in the first place, it's a crying shame to not optimize every single post to make sure that as many people as can see the post do see the post and engage with it. Because I go back to my opening analogy. If a tree falls in the forest, and nobody's around, does it make a sound? I don't know, does it really matter? Exactly, right? If you post and nobody sees it, nobody likes it, does it really even matter? I guess it doesn't. And at the end of the day, your marketing matters, but only when people see it and engage with it. Thanks for tuning in to The Tom Ferry Show. Again, my name is Jason Pantana. Leave a comment and subscribe. We'd love to stay in touch with you. If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again, and talk to you soon.